This is Under Off Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm Dlob joined by Joe Gallagher once again here in Bolton. Joe, first and foremost, how are you doing? Yeah, good to see you again, mate. Good to see you too, pal. And obviously, as I mentioned, we're here in Bolton. Everybody's back now. Everybody's ticking over. Where to start? <laughs> I think we'll start off with Liam Smith, obviously, because I saw Liam on Saturday attending the Cal Brook fight. I, sp I spoke to Liam earlier and I said to him, when... Cal first moved up to 154 and when Liam had signed with Matchroom, people kind of put their names together thinking something could be produced for a potential fight. But they both kind of said it wasn't in their plans because they wanted to go down other routes they was looking at world titles back then. Why now do you think they're looking at a potential bout there between Cal and Liam? Um, I think it's more so on a Cal's side or Kel's management or Sky more than anyone that's pushing it because there's nothing really out there for, for Kel Brook. Liam Smith is uh, number two in the WBO now. Um, the champion six hero is fighting his mandatory and Liam knows he just sits tight or become the mandatory and get his world title shot. Um, so I think it's more so them pushing it more than anything else. I don't think it's Liam being desperate at all um, and wanting the fight. It's Sky that's phoning up uh, Liam, asking him to go down and try to drum the fight up. And like Liam says, if they want to talk it up, then great. And then by talking it up, then they've got to realise that they've got to pay the money for that type of fight. And they've got to realise that Liam Smith is, is the A-side. He's the one... Um, they're the higher ranking, the world, former world champion in that weight division. And um, there's a few things that speaking to Liam. Um, and like Liam has said, like, well, like you say, he's got to be the A side. He, he, that's it, he's on fire. He's giving up his ranking, he's bringing that to the table. Kel's just moved up to 154. And yeah, um, there's just them type of things. And if they're serious about the fight and talking about the fight, as Jeremy Maguire said, Liam's saying, well, show him the money. And, they're not got to pay Liam right for it, then Liam won't fight. Like I say, Liam can sit tight and uh, he'll get his world title shot. So that's it. It's up, it's up to them to deliver it. But it'll be a good fight if it happens. Um, like I say, I know there's other fighters out there calling Kel Brook out over in America. He's not short on options. So uh, I'm sure uh, Kel will sit down with his management team and look at which is uh, the, 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 best, the best route for him. And if it's Liam Smith, it's Liam Smith. But everyone concerned in that fight has to make sure that uh, Liam gets paid well and uh, is recognised as the A-side. I saw Eddie did a few interviews uh, at the back end of last week and he was saying he sees that as a potential stadium fight. Is it big enough to be a stadium fight? Yeah, and if it's a stadium fight, depends how many people you try to get into the stadium. Um, it depends whether that's got to be the main event or if that's got to be a chief support. Um, if it's a stadium fight, of course, it could be chief support to Joshua in, in at Tottenham or Arsenal or wherever he's got to be. Of course, it's a stadium fight. Is it a stadium fight to sell out a Sheffield stadium? No. Is it a stadium fight to sell out Anfield? No, it's not. If it's part of a, a pay-per-view event in, in a stadium, yeah, but I don't think it can stand as a headline act. Um, in a stadium fight, if you've got to sell it out as a stadium, unless the banger an unbelievable undercard on it. Um, but Anfield now thinks like 55,000, whatever their attendance is now, and Sheffield, whatever theirs is. So uh, it's a stadium, but any fight's a stadium fight if you cut it out or an arena where they're curtain things off. But um, another thing, it, it's a fitting of a stadium fight. Um, but like I say, whether it be on the card of a, an AJ at Tottenham or a Wembley or anything else, yeah, of course. Obviously, Calbrook fighting Mark DeLuca this past weekend. What did you make of Cal's performance? Did you see the, see the ring rust in there? No, I just thought Mark DeLuca was very bad. I thought he was very bad. He was very poor. Um, 
So, yeah, Kelbrook did what he had to do. And I think I'm not going to sit here and run down Kelbrook. I think no fighter at 34 is the same fighter as they were at 27. And I don't think Liam Smith is the same fighter as he was at 27. I think Father Time catches up with everyone a little bit. But Kelbrook showed in that fight, took him a few rounds to get going. He'd been out a long time. He put some um, spite and venom in his shots, chopped down well in his shots. And it's a confidence rebuilding. He's been out of the gym for a long time. It's getting back that partnership again, working with Dominic again after being away for so long. So, uh, yeah, he, he took care of business in the, in the way that he did do uh, against a below-standard opponent. And, um, yeah, like you say, Kel did what he had to do and beat what was in in front of him. How would a bout between Liam and Cal play out? I know they obviously previously sparred together, but how would a, an actual fight play out? Yeah, I think it would be a competitive fight. Um, obviously, they've sparred before, but you can't take nothing from sparring. I was very disappointed um, that I seen Sky putting that footage out the other day. I thought they never asked my permission. They never asked Dominic Ingalls neither. And, what goes on in sparring goes on in sparring. That type of sparring was for Kel at the time getting ready for Triple G and for Liam getting ready for Canelo. And I thought it was a bit naughty of them, really, that they didn't phone either of us up and asked either the fighters. And especially when it was fight week for Kel Brook, I thought it was just a dirty trick. And uh, it was nothing to do on our behalf of it as well. I think uh, it was below. But as far as the fight, if it went ahead, I think it'd be a competitive fight. Kel Brook's a good fighter. There's no doubt about it. We've seen him there. We were there in America. We beat Sean Porter. And Liam Smith, as you've seen, he's, uh, he's, he's fought the best. He's been in the best. been with Canelo. Um, beat Liam Williams twice. World champion himself. Liam's never ducked a challenge in his life. And you can't say Kel Brook hasn't neither. He's stepped in against Triple G and... Um, Errol Spence, so there's no question none of their, none of their uh, fighting pride and that both men are, are fighters and will fight anyone in front of them and uh, I think that's what would make it a good fight as well, knowing them what to back down and, and they want bragging rights and uh, yeah, it'd be a, a tasty fight. Let's move on to Liam's brother Callum, a man whose name has always been brought up now alongside Billy Joe Saunders with regards to the Canelo fight. What update can you give us, Joe, with, with how the land lies there? Yeah, just like like everyone, everyone on social media is obviously you get people sometimes inboxing you from America saying, oh, they've heard this and they've heard that and uh, Maratta and oh, Callum Smith's got it or Billy Joel's going to be announced. And there's, there's lots of red herrings uh, thrown about. I'm sure there'll be another name be uh, announced and put out there very shortly. Um, and maybe could be fighting Canelo um, with it not being Billy Joel and with Callum, but... Uh, from there to believe and hopefully things are right and we do get the fight, Callum gets the fight, it'll be a great fight and a great opportunity for Callum Smith and if he doesn't and Billy Joe gets it, I think Billy Joe will acquit himself very well and cause Canelo problems and listen, there's no competition between us, it's just like I said, we all want that ticket to the air. Uh, golden ticket to, to the main event and hopefully they get it and like I say to you if Callum gets Canelo then I'm hearing Billy Joe Ryder's a fight that's been talked about and then obviously if Billy Joe gets it there's also unfinished business with Callum and Ryder or Callum Jacobs and like Billy Joe Vandrade so there's a multiple scenarios to be played out but uh, the man who makes them decisions is Canelo and his team and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a decision and announcement made very soon. How long do you think it will be until we find out who has got that fight? And do you think it is likely it will be either Callum or Billy Joe? 
I'm hoping it'll be Callum or Billy Joe, and I think it'll be very soon. I think May the 2nd's only 11 weeks away, um, and I think most will be after this week, next week. Um, there'll be an announcement, um, should be an announcement. Eddie knows. Uh, Eddie's in a bit of a difficult position, really, because obviously he promotes Billy Joe, he promotes Callum, and he also has a vested interest with the zone, so I'm sure he's trying to get the fighters the most money, but at the same time with the zone board, they don't want to pay the most money, so he's in a, in a difficult position as well. So, um, like you say, I think that decision is taken away from him. I think uh, Alvarez makes the decision. He tells them to go out and make the fight with that opponent, so hopefully that happens um, next week as well, and um, hopefully, like I say, Callum's got that. How's Callum dealing with it? Obviously, you've just mentioned it's you know, basically down to Canelo, who he chooses. How's Callum dealing with that, knowing that his next fight is basically in the hands of somebody else completely? He has no say whatsoever until he knows what's happening there. Yeah, Callum's all right. He's, he's busy. We've already said would be out around that time. April the 26th is a date that was uh, mentioned to us, and we've said we'll take that date. So we're training now at the moment. We're back in the gym. We're training. So if it isn't that week then it's the week later, or if it's the week later, if it's not that week, it's the week before. So we're talking within a seven days period, Cam Smith will be fighting. So um, I'm not sure with that April the 26th, what we've spoke about, correspondence we've had up to now, would be in America. So that, that's what we'd, we want to do and that's what we're put working towards. Obviously, to move away from Callum and on to Sam Hoyd. How's Sam been since he's come back? I know he's only had a few days back now, but since he's defeated Dion Juma, how how's he been feeling? How what kind of conversations have you had with him? Um, not like anything. No one likes to lose, do they? I think when he's gone away and sat down and watched and reflected and looked back on it, he, he had the fight. He had it won. It was up to him, and uh, for whatever reason, he switched off in two rounds, cost him the fight. But you, you you can't buy that experience, and you have to go there and go through it again. But He's licked his wounds, he's come back and he's gone on it. And when you're in the gym and when you look at fighters, you train alongside like Anthony Crollo had early setbacks in his career. Um, and Jose Burton with the Frank Buglione, he, he's surrounded by people that can dust themselves down and come back again. And uh, he's still young, but the positives from it, he's been in twice now with Riyad Poor and Dion Juma and he's run him close and uh, he's not that far off. And uh, both them fights, he, he had the beating and the winning of them and it was only through a eye injury and obviously him switching off for two rounds and I'm not taking nothing away from Dion Juma, he applied himself well and uh, good luck to him but uh, it's up to Sam Hyde to lick his wounds and come back and go again. What is the plan for Sam then on the back of that defeat? How have you kind of seen the rest of this year playing out for him? Sam, I'd like it to get him out straight away again, get him out, bring him in a comeback fight and put him straight back out there in that title mix, whether it be Chris Billum-Smith or a British title fight, if Riappo gives it up, do a rematch with Dion Juma. Um, there's lots of fights out there for him, but I don't want him to sit back down and start going through the motions of four, sixes and eights. It's, it's a lively division and I think by doing that, you start blunting your tools that you've sharpened for the big fights. You want to go again and... Uh, I think at that stage of your career, you, you, you want to. You've got your youth behind you and uh, you want to go and make money, be involved in the fights. And um, I think he's in an exciting division where there is big fights for him to be made. Obviously, Sam's faced both Dion Juma and Richard Riakpour now. With that being a final eliminator, when Sam fought Dion Juma for a British title, what are your thoughts on about between Richard and Dion? I think it'll be a very good fight. I think, um, obviously, Riakpour, with his uh, punching power, um, his awkwardness caused problems for anyone else but Dian Juma, a good boxing brain on him um, 
Yeah, it'd be a very interesting fight. It'd be very interesting. It's a hard one to pick. Obviously, if Riyapo hits you and hits you clean, he's got a good chance of putting you out. But like I say, if he doesn't hit you and Dion Juma has got that skill set to make you miss and make you pay, it'd be an interesting fight. It's a hard one to pick. I'd have to sit down and analyse it close to the time. But it's a, it's a variable, winnable fight for each fighter. And obviously, Paul Butler... How's he been looking and what kind of have you got lined up for him? I know you previously spoke about the European title to me last time I came up. Where does the land lie with him? Yeah, Paul's in the gym, he's training. Uh, hopefully we've got to get him out soon. Um, we need to speak to Weda, um, get him out on a bill uh, just to warm up for the year. He was out in December, which is another fight. And then hopefully we're going to try and uh, get him in a, a title fight of some sort. So obviously the, uh, you had the Rigondo at the weekend win. Um, you've got that a new A fight that's happening. Also on the undercard of that, you've got Joshua Gray versus Maloney. Um, so the division's beginning to open up now. There's fights to be made and uh, hopefully Paul will get a, an opportunity to fight for a, a big title of some sorts coming up. What are your thoughts on Inoue's fight against Casemiro? That's a good fight, that. But I do feel uh, Inoue's the man, isn't he? He's, the, he's class in Inoue. I'd like to say Inoue Rigondo. That'd be a good fight. Do you still think Rigondo's good enough to deliver a performance of beating Noinua at this stage of his career? Well, I think when you're seeing um, his reflexes in round one the other day where he had Solis nearly out, you just can't rule Rigondo out. I don't care whether it's 39, 49 or 59. If you got it, you got it. Um, I do feel there's wear and tear on him, but um, Rigondo knows that himself and he knows the best way to, to win a fight. And he showed the other day, he wouldn't by any means necessary. And we're, we're very quick to praise Anthony Joshua for his way that he boxed safety first, but then we're all putting the boot in in Rigondo for doing a, a similar thing. It's uh, He can't win the kid Rigondo. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he's a very good fighter. And obviously, Hazar Burton now getting ready for March 20th. Has he been looking, ticking over? Good, I'll say. We had a good chat with him the other day, not to get carried away in his win, and he's getting a little bit of media attention and a bit of write-ups, but we know that there's three other fighters in the competition all capable of winning it. They'll be training hard, they'll be locked away like Mr T, and they'll be out to prove a point. And um, we've got to make sure that we're training even harder than what they are. We're in the semi-final stage and if you take your eye off the ball now, you're knackered, I feel, if we uh, apply ourselves the way that we did for our last uh, contest where your career's riding on it, same again, having that fear factor, then we'll um, come out victorious in the semi-finals and book our uh, place in the final. So um, that's the mindset and hopefully doing that as you've seen today. Obviously, you've got Anthony Crawler back now as a trainer and not as a, a fighter. What's it been like having Anthony back in around the lads? Yeah, no, great. Anthony's always been a, a popular person in the gymnasium. Um, he's always helped me out on the big fights. He's always been in the corner with me. I've always bounced stuff off with him. And it's good to keep him in the gymnasium and bring him in a couple of times a week, help out. And the rest of the lads like Anthony's... Well, I'm actually united at the moment that the, 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 the lacking in the changing rooms and sometimes in a gymnasium, especially the gymnasium that's been functioning for the last 10 years of having 10 to 12 fighters in it, having good banter and good chat and terrible conversations about your Love Islands and your Kardashians and Crawler brings that and the lads like him and um, him helping out on the pads and taking some of them on it and educating him, showing different things or looking at different things. He's, um, he's learning and it'll help him with his crop of fighters that he's training as well. And uh, 
Yeah, there's one thing for Anthony. He, he's enjoyed the big time as a fighter and also in the corner of me in the big fights. And he's got fast experience and he's picking up knowledge now. And uh, yeah, he's got to make a, a good career as a coach if he chooses to stick at that. Also, one person I forgot to mention, uh, Scott Quick. He's back now. Has it been like having Scott back in and amongst yourself and the lads once again? Did you ever imagine he would have returned? Uh, no, but I've always said the door was open. Um, Scott's just come in, slotted back in again, knows everyone. I think um, from where he was here till now he's come back, everyone's matured, everyone has an opinion. Um, and like you say, um, there's lots of champions in the gym, lots of top fighters and uh, like you say it's it's good for Scott Quigg to be rubbing off on that um, yeah but Scott's fitted back in he's working away um, and he, he's got a big fight coming up on, on March the 7th John O'Carroll good fighter hungry fighter 26 27 years of age uh, reminds me a lot of himself of uh, Scott Quigg at that age uh, a demon trainer lives the life right and uh, will leave no stone unturned. He has a very good coach behind him as well, Albert, who I know uh, was a very good amateur. And uh, yeah, they'll be calling, coming to, to try and pull off the, the big upset. So uh, yeah, there's pressure on Scott Quigg and I like pressure on Scott Quigg because I feel Scott Quigg performs when that pressure is on. Obviously, Callum Johnson's a mandatory challenger for the EBU toy tour. <laughs> Is that set for March 7th or is there a date or anything yet? Because I haven't seen anything official as far as I'm aware. No, I think uh, th th there was possibly um, talk last time I heard it's got to be April the 4th in Newcastle. Um, I need to speak to Wedder um, and just finalise that because there was talk also of a, a Bivol fight. Um, which Calum Johnson has snapped the hands off for. So uh, I just need to speak to Eddie and see where we are with that. But as far as I know, it's April the 4th. Uh, Calum Johnson challenges for the European title. And it, that's a, another good fight and a good win there or put him in the, the world titles picture again. Also, you just mentioned Dimitri Bivol. I only found out the other day he fought Callum Smith as an amateur. Did you know that, Joe? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've known that all along. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any of the footage? Because obviously I haven't. So. No, I haven't. I've just heard it was a close competitive fight. It was a good fight. It was on some multi-nation tournament somewhere uh, before. But it's, imagine, it's mad like when you hear all that multi-nations tournaments and who's fought who and everything else. It, it's surprising some uh, bouts that, 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 that pop up. So, uh, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a, a good fight from what I believe, yeah. The most surprising bout I've ever heard about from an amateur perspective was Sean Porter versus Alexander Usyk. No way. Yeah, as amateurs. So could you could you ever actually imagine them to have, have meeting? Wow, no. According to Usyk's put some weight on <laughs> since then, hasn't it? It's just mad, isn't it? It's mad to think how Callum Smith used to box at such a, a low weight division when he did at the time. So, uh, yeah, no, it's mad, isn't it? Just to stick with, obviously, boss. Well, I say stick with Callum, but stick with his division as we just come back to him. Obviously, Caleb Plant faces Vincent Fagenbutz this weekend. What are your thoughts on that fight? A very good fight. I, I like Fagenbutz. I've seen him live a couple of times. He has power, quite raw, um, but he can punch. But um, I like Caleb Plant, good fighter. Um, Listen, you cannot like him, that what he's been through and everything else and what a good success story. That was a really good sporting success story, him becoming a, a world champion. And uh, he's a very good, talented fighter. I think he he just outmanoeuvres, pickpockets, outpunches and, uh, yeah, he'll do enough. Unless Fegan butts lands, there's nothing to suggest. There's nothing wrong with Plant's chin neither. But uh, I do fancy Plant's win and uh, set up the unification fight with uh, Benavides later on in the year. 
That's just the last couple of quick things. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Wilder Fury two next weekend, Joe. Just break it down for me. How do you see it going? It's a very good fight. I do think the Tyson Fury has the potential to stop Wilder. I do think um, I understand what he's on about sitting down on his punches, punching. If you sit back and watch the first fight, there was moments and opportunities in that fight where Tyson Fury pushed Wilder back through punches and landed well. I think if Tyson Fury uh, counter punches well. Um, from Wilder because Wilder's non-punching hand is never in a position of defence for a counter, he's open for counters um, and not too good in his feet neither so um, yeah I won't be surprised if Tyson Fury went in there and, and stopped Deontay Wilder I think it's a very very um, very achievable thing to do and go and get that type of result in there um, foot movement, knowing where you are in the ring just that Tyson has to be aware of that wild, out of peripheral vision punch that Wilder shoots from. He, he throws the shots so wide that you don't see them coming round. Um, yeah, that's it. But I do think Tyson Fury has the capability of stopping Deontay Wilder. Which fight do you think is bigger from an undisputed perspective? AJ Fury or AJ Wilder? Oh, that's that's no that's no surprise. That's a question. That AJ Fiore, hundred percent. I think AJ Fiore, Old Trafford, Wembley, wherever you want to put it, sells it out. I think, I think that fight's made. I think people would be surprised how many people would be back AJ Fiore. I think how many people would be surprised that the fans would be book, back picking AJ a, um, Fiore over AJ. Um, no, Wilder Fiore isn't Wilder AJ isn't the big fight that Fury AJ is. No, I'm surprised that that's a question. Is that big in regards to you think it's big just in the UK, but on the world scale, that obviously you've got the American and the UK market that you can cross over then? Do you still feel that AJ Fury would still be bigger? No, I just don't. I don't think AJ is the big name in America yet. I just don't think he is. Obviously, he's he's fought there. I think it, he's a name, but because of his loss to Ruiz, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So his name there, and the Americans will look at. Okay, then will you beat Ruiz? Well, it still only makes you the third best heavyweight in the world. The two best is Fury and Wilder, and I think Fury is a bigger name in America um, to an extent because of the Wilder fight, because of the WWE, because of. Whatever. It's been a slow build, it's been a hard sell and I think fair play to Fury, the, the marketing and the rebuilding job of him from him being took off the BBC Sports Personality of the Year awards to now this Thursday ITV doing a behind the scenes Tyson Fury. That's a, a great rebuilding job and I think it'd be fitting for Tyson Fury then to becoming world champion again. The the resurrection and the comeback is complete and then it leads all roads then to uh, a Fury and uh, AJ and I'd love to see that fight at Old Trafford. Obviously just in the meantime we have AJ Pulev seems close to being agreed. What are your thoughts on that one Joe? I think it's a hard fight. I think Pulev is a, is a good fighter, uh, competent, um, good basics. Um, I think AJ, now he's brought uh, another side to his game. If he, if he fights like that, I think he, he wins that fight easy enough. Do you know what I mean? I think uh, AJ's glad he's back. Um, he's got his titles. He's learned by his mistakes. Um, and he's added, he's applied and improved. And he's got to keep doing that and don't stand still and keep moving. He's not the complete product yet and uh, he has to keep moving and, and adding to his game. But I expect AJ to beat Pulev. Finally, Joe, as I put it to a few of the other lads, Valentine's Day on Friday, what have you got up your sleeve? 
nothing just in the gym working away. There's no love lost in it. There's no there's no love in Gallagher's gym on a Friday. It's just business as usual. It's just Friday and business is business and work's work and and that's it. And uh, I must probably watch the boxing um, Golden Boy doing a show Friday night, aren't they? So I must we get some dodgy streams somewhere and watch that. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time as always. We'll leave it there now and I'll let you crack on and enjoy the rest of your day and I will catch up with you soon. Thank you for speaking to myself for Boxing Social. No problem, Andy. And what does Andy from Boxing Social do in Valentine's? I haven't planned anything yet for my girlfriends, <laughs> but I'm hoping I'll pull something out of a bag, Joe. I'm pretty good with, with occasions, but we'll soon see. I'll let you know. But, Joe, it's good to catch up with you and I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, no problem, mate. Awesome. Cheers, Joe. <laughs>